0: is that He would just fall afresh on us. Not just in a visitation, but a habitation where we're experiencing Him on a Tuesday. Not just on a Shabbat, but on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and, and everything. I really believe this is the season that God's called us into this place of intimacy. Millie has something to share and
1: You know, the Lord has gifted each one of us with different gifts and callings. And uh, he's knit us together uniquely in our mother's wombs. And this week I was spending time with the Lord. And one of the things that he, he's gifted me with is is pictures. He's given me pictures. And when he was training me to be, or when I was being trained to be a medical assistant, one of the requirements was I had to go to do an autopsy and observe. And it wasn't a pleasant sight But it was very interesting for me. Uh, People were fainting, and I was like, whoa. Um, And one of the things I saw was the doctor cut the thoracic part of a body. And anyway, I was spending time with the Lord and praying about the different things that were going on in the earth. And the picture the Lord gave me was of his hands, and it was like he was opening up the earth and exposing the evil that had come within the soil, within the inside of the earth. And as he was pulling back, the sides of the earth, I could see like a darkness within. And as he was pulling back the earth, he was saying that it, it's not going to get easier, but he wanted us to lean in to who he is, to lean into his goodness, his faithfulness, his character. His word of everything that he is. And of course I said, well, Lord, you spoke a word. And you created the earth. You spoke us into existence. Why don't you just speak into it and get rid of it and it'll be done. And he says, no, I won't do that. He says, because I gave you all the dominion and the authority. And you're all participating with me. And so I want you all to rise up in your giftings, in your authority that I have given you and dominion that I have given you. And you participate with me in what I am doing in the earth. And we will get it done. And so that's the word that I believe the Lord is speaking to us. Don't just sit and wait for him to do it. But rise up with him and participate with what he is doing. And if you don't know what he's doing, ask him, and he will be happy to share with you. Amen?
0: Amen. That's such a a powerful word for today. And and as she's speaking, the Lord just reminded me of Isaiah sixty. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen on you. For behold, darkness covers the earth. Amen to that. In deep darkness, the peoples, but Adonai will rise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, kings to the brilliance of your rising. Lift up your eyes and look all around. They all gather, they come, as they come to you. Your sons will come from afar, your daughters carried on the hip. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will throb and swell with joy. It goes on and on and on. Arise and shine. Kuma Adonai. Arise in us, Lord. Amen. That goes right along with what the Lord has given me to share today. And um, You know, this week as we've been kind of getting over jet lag, and I tell you what, the older I get, jet lag has just been Pardon my, it kicked my, you know what, but (laughs) that's just kind of what he is faithful. He brought me through and he's strengthening us every day. But I just really want to share today a word that I think is important for all of us and Millie hit on it is that, you know, all of us have been beneficiaries of God's deposit in our lives. Every one of us has been blessed. If you're saved, if you ever had a relationship with the Lord, he has blessed you and delivered you. And hes I think sometimes we lose sight of all that he has imparted into us. He really has. And it's time for us today, in this season that we're in, to take the blessings that we have all received in the past and steward them into his eternal purposes. You're all, you know, it's not an accident that you live today in 2021. Before the foundations of the world, each one of us was in God's thoughts. He planned things for you to walk into when you came into an existence. Even Jeremiah says, you know, he was known in his mother's womb. The father knew him. All of us have a destiny. All of us have purposes, eternal purposes. And now is the time he wants us to walk into them. For too long, I believe the church, especially here in the West, Specifically in the United States, we've been receivers of blessings. We go to a church because their worship is awesome. Now, I come to our congregation because I think our worship is awesome. But, you know, I don't come here because of the worship. I don't come here because I'm such a great teacher, great speaker, okay? But because this is... He's called me to be in a family. He's called each and every one of us to be part of a family. You're all part of a family, you know, that you were born into. But when we're born again, we're born into a spiritual family. And we all have a role to play. We all have a part to play in that. And as we step up, show up to to take part in the role that God has for each of us, we begin to see his eternal purposes worked out through us, just like Millie said. You know, I, I, there's been so many times over the last couple of years that, God, you need to do something. You need to move on that person. You need to remove that. You need to do that. You need to change that. And, and you know what? God is saying, you're my ambassador here on earth. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, there's a, there's a beautiful scripture in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says, the one who is faithful in the smallest matters is also faithful in much. Hallelujah. You know, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, what you call those, um, I don't know, uh, performance gifts. I'm not a, I always wanted to play the guitar. I, w- I wanted to be a rock star. Okay, when I was growing up in the 60s, you know, and I played a really good air guitar, but that's about as far as it got, you know. But but God has given me certain gifts, okay, and he's given you and each one of us certain gifts. And he's saying, I want you to be faithful. You may see it as a small thing. And, Mike, you might think... Working back there is a small thing, but God sees your faithful servant heart back there doing this week after week after week. And we're all blessed because of what he does. So, but this is true for all of us. He says, be faithful. If you're faithful in the small things, you'll be faithful in much. But the one who is unjust in the small matters will likewise be unjust in much there's a counter, there's a there's a you know either or you can be faithful or unjust or unfaithful it's interesting there's a scripture in proverbs 24 verse 27 and i'm going to be talking today about stewardship and i love that because that's kind of my name stewart stewart but it's steward and i think well okay we need to we need to understand what that word means and and in that i'm going to be talking about there's a tension between grace and I love the grace of God. I've had such incredible revelation of the grace of God and how to balance that with our responsibility to obey what he says. You see, one doesn't cancel out the other. One empowers the other. Grace empowers me to carry out my responsibility. We'll be talking about that today. Proverbs 24, 27. This is a little little... Scripture there maybe hidden. You might not have ever seen this before. It says, finish your outdoor work and get your fields ready. And boy, I can say, this is what God has been saying to his bride, his church, his ecclesia over the last two years is get your fields ready. Get your fields ready. Take care of these things that I'm showing you. They're not just to go, oh, wow, that's pretty ugly. Or, oh, wow, God, do something. About it. Get ready. Get. He's finish your outdoor work, and get your fields ready. And after that, it says, build your house. God is building his house his way right now. For too long, we've built his house our way, what we how we wanted to, to do it. But God has been shaking everything to bring us back to build his house. He's building a house of prayer. He's building us so that we see that the international body being joined together. Yes, going to Kenya, but also, and I've shared this many times in our congregation, this is the first time in 2,000 years that you have a Jewish remnant living in the land of Israel, a remnant from all the nations, every nation in the world, there is a remnant of believers in the church. And there is a state of Israel. This is the first time in 2,000 years. Do you realize how significant that is? Where there's a Jewish remnant, there is a remnant in every nation right now praising him, and there is a state of Israel for the people of Israel to say, Baruch HaBab, B'Shem Adonai. Do you realize this is the first time in 2,000 years that this has occurred? Get ready. He said, build my house. Can we see? He's, 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 He's getting ready to return. Now, I don't know. When I say return, you know, I'm not one of those. He's coming next week. He's coming next month. But I know that things are coming into place. I can read in his scripture, but I can also feel it in the spirit. Things are coming together. This has been a season of fire. And God's been shaking everything that can be shaken in order to bring us back into an alignment with him to bring us into an alignment with him, with his callings on each of our lives. And also every congregation and church, I believe, have a, has a calling. You know, we're a small congregation. I hate to say, make that prophet. You know, I'm not making that as a, a, a confession that we're small. But I'm saying size-wise, we're not that great. We're not that big. But you know what? We have an impact in Israel. We have an impact in Africa. We have an impact in the nations. We have an impact here in this city. God's not looking for majorities. He's looking for a sold-out remnant who are really willing to do whatever he's called them to do. It doesn't matter about size. 300 in Gideon's army, and look what they did. A season of fire, bring everything into an alignment so that we can come into an alignment with his callings on our lives and his eternal purposes. When we were in Africa, the Lord gave me a message. And basically, there's three words that he gave. And I was even talking with with Wendy the other day. But the three words were, come out. And I've shared this before. Come out from what? Come out from a world system. The world is not our friend, guys. The world is not our friends. And we are not in the world. We are not of the world. We're in the world, but we are not of the world. So we're different than the world. Come out from that. Come out from Babylon. And it says, come back. Come back to the purity of who he is. Come out so that we can come back to the purity of his word. That's why we read the word, the Torah. That's why we read his scriptures. Come back to the purity of intimacy with him. And then the last word was to, I, he gave me and he said to come near. But as I was talking with Wendy the other day, we said, you know what? Instead of come near, it's come up. He wants us to come up. So it's come out so that we can come back so that we can come up. Come up to where he's at. Seated in the heavenly places. Each one of us, we need to have a vision. We need to have a revelation of where we are seated. Too long we have focused on the here and now. We have focused on all the problems going around us and how we can fix each and every problem. But first, I believe we need to get a vision of where we are in the reality of the spirit world. We are seated, seated with Yeshua HaMashiach, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. And Yeshua right now is making intercession on our behalf for all of us, for this nation. And we are seated with him. And he's called us to do the same thing. Wow. Do we have that vision of where we are? He's calling us to have that upward vision. Look up for your redemption. Your liberation draws nigh. Come out, come back, come up. So I want to talk about stewardship. And we'll be talking about it for the next couple of weeks. What does that look like? Stewardship, if you look at in the dictionary, what it means, and and, and it's a biblical definition, it's utilizing and managing all resources for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. So it's using everything that God has given us. And like I said at the very beginning, he has given you more than you realize. He's given you life. He's He's taken away the sting of death from you. He's given you so much. In my case, I wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for his goodness, his faithfulness, his healing. He's given us so much utilizing and managing all the resources that he gives us for his glory and the betterment of creation. In other words, to see his light arise and for us to go into every mountain, every kingdom, every nation in the world to bring, to make it better in some way. Think about this. Is Yeshua with his disciples? He had 12 disciples, lost one. But those disciples... In a period of, what, 30 or 40 years, went to the known world, carrying a message. Jewish disciples of Yeshua, who were simple fishermen, tax collectors, just regular folk. They didn't have PhDs, but they were able to go into the known world to bring the gospel of the kingdom, and it changed everything. You're here because of those Jewish men who went into the nations. They utilized the gifts that God gave them. He wants us to do the same. Stewardship also is about honoring God with the use of our gifts and anointings, our skills, and our talents. All of us have received much, like I've been saying. Now is the season for us to show up and to use those giftings for his purposes amen you know I've so appreciated and all of us David and Laura God's given them gifts and talents and a love of dance and so they can sit up here every week and dance for themselves but they choose to take their time to train others to because it's it's fun He's whispering, but they're blessed. They're using the gifts and the talents. And this guy makes airplanes. He designs airplanes, but he's also he's and that glorifies God, by the way. But he's also teaching others with the gifts that God's given him. So I'm blessed every time I see them dance. Hallelujah. And, and you. Huh? Oh, they take it on the streets. They go to the Capitol. They do it all. they That's just, and it's awesome. And I see Kent. Kent's given, God's given Kent abilities. And I've shared this before. I don't want to embarrass him because he's so, he's, he's shy and he doesn't like to be put on the spot. God's given him administrative and governmental gifts. There's a gift that rests on him and he's using it for the glory of God. See, his creation is awesome. And I think, one of the keys to us really being motivated to use our gifts is to understand how awesome God is. God created everything. You know, just even the simplicity of the atom. Everything. Where is it in Colossians chapter 1? I believe he holds all things together. In him, all things were created. In him, everything is held together. Not just here on planet Earth, but in the cosmos, in the, in the universe. Speaking of a little aside, I heard that there will some people will be able to see the Aurora Borealis this next week. Isn't that right? You, I don't know if in some places in the states. I don't know where if it's going to be here. That's an aside. Just I just kind of these thoughts come to my mind, and they go. It's jet lag. I'm still dealing with it. But anyways, it's when we see how awesome His creation is, and that we're part of that, and He chooses to use us to manage his kingdom affairs. This is incredible. When we understand that he's chosen us, Sandy, Judith, Vicka, he's chosen us to manage his affairs here on earth. It's no different than the calling that was upon Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, I'm blessing you. I'm giving you this. And you're in charge. You have authority over everything. They blew it. We understand that. That's why Yeshua had to come and redeem that which is lost. But he's saying to us the same thing. He says, you have authority. Start using the authority that you have been given. Stewardship is the grace he gives us to do what he calls us to do. Stewardship is not just something, hey, you know, you, I'm giving you charge of this, and I'm going to leave you, and I'm not going to have anything to do with you. No, no. Stewardship is an empowerment that he gives us. My definition of grace, I think it's a good definition. Grace is its the indwelling presence of God in me that enables me, empowers me to be and to do everything he's commanded me to be and to do. Grace is an indwelling, it's an empowerment that we have. Each of us been given gifts and abilities And when we tap into his grace, he empowers us to carry it through for the better, for his glory and the betterment of creation. Basically, that's what he does. And the New Testament is very clear about grace and responsibility. Some, unfortunately, have mistakenly, they deny that there's any consequences to disobedience. Cheap grace, cheap grace. You've heard that term before and it's where there's just, he just loves us so much. And he does. He loves us so much. He's not requiring anything of us. Just do whatever you feel like doing. If it moves you, if it makes you feel good, just do it. I'm free to do whatever I want. And God's still going to love me. And he's still going to be faithful to me. And you know what? This is true. But he wants us to steward the things that he's given us. There are consequences, and it's throughout the New, New Testament, if you read, there are consequences to disobedience. There's consequences to not using the giftings that we have. about the, the, the parable of the talents? He's given talents to people, Go and, and they put it to work. One chooses, nope, not going to use it, not going to use it. And he's chastised, he's disciplined, he's punished for not using that. God has called us to be stewards on planet Earth. Man, that's a huge task. Each and every one of us has that. So what's the scriptural basis? Well, I can give you a few scriptures, and I'm going to give you a few scriptures, and there are a ton of them, but I'm only going to give you a few. John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You know how that's been spoken of over the years? If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. That's how we've heard it. I know for a lot of years, that's how I heard it. So my focus was on just obeying, obeying, obeying. But he says, man, I love you so much. And if you love me, you're going to obey my commandments. John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment. See, commandment. That you love one another just as I have loved you. Let me ask you a question. And I want some responses here. How has Yeshua loved you? Specific. How has Yeshua loved you? He saved you. Grace beyond measure. Okay. He healed you. Amen. You have to write that book. We're waiting for the book to come out. He's always, he's promised to always be with you and to never leave you, never forsake you. He says, this is how I've loved you. Now, I want you to love others as I have loved you. Has anybody here been forgiven by God? Okay. How many of us find it hard to forgive others when they mess with you? Uh A A few honest folk in here. That to me is it's it's a hard thing when somebody betrays you or abuses you, misuses you, and yet Yeshua and guess what he was abused, misused, he was betrayed, and yet he forgave. Love in the same way. That's a commandment. That's a commandment. Matthew twenty four, five twenty, Matthew five twenty four. Talking about you know if you go into worship and you're ready to bring your offering before the Lord and verse twenty four says leave your offering there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering oh but Lord you don't really understand what they did to me no I just want to it's just you and me Lord forget that other yeah you know, just he doesn't receive that offering if we don't. Obey what he says. Leave it there and go make things right with your brother. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit. This is a command. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on, there's another command, put on the new self. Created to be like God in the true in true righteousness and holiness. It's the taking off and putting on. Taking off, putting on. Renewing, renewing. Be renewed in your thinking. How many of you think different today than you did five years ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago? Because you've been renewed in your thinking. The more we, we press in and we, we read his word, we meditate on his word, we listen to his voice and we hear his voice and, 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 we, and we speak with him, the more our mind is being renewed. Stewardship is first and foremost representing the love of Yeshua to our brothers and sisters. Stewardship begins there. You want to do great things? How many want to do great things for the Lord? And start by learning to love one another. Obedience to his commandment its a prerequisite and it's a foundation for everything else we do. And this is... I believe a lot of the shaking that's been going on over the last 18 months, two years, is for the church to realize and to come into who he's called us to be, his bride, to be that holy representative of him on planet Earth, to get rid of all the stuff that we've been holding on to, maybe even finding our identity in those things, and God is saying, enough of that. I've called you as my sons and my daughters. You're mine. I've adopted you. And I want you to enter into the purposes that I have for planet Earth. And I want you to enter into those purposes because you're part of that. See, he chooses to partner with you and I. That's amazing. See, most of us, and I'm speaking to myself too, we don't recognize the fullness of who he is resides in us. You begin to think about, just, I, I challenge you, take a day and just say, "Lord, just reveal to me who you are in your greatness, your awesomeness. And when you begin to listen to him, and he begins to reveal that, just say, all of that resides in you. All of that resides in you. You see, we wouldn't need commands and exhortations if life under grace entailed responsible, uh, didn't re- entail responsible stewardship. In other words, there are commands and exhortations throughout the Scriptures, and especially in the New Testament. And they wouldn't be there if we didn't need that to walk in stewardship. We would not need to be warned if there were no consequences. And there are consequences. I want to read a passage of scripture in hebrews chapter 10 and this is kind of it's kind of a scary passage of scripture but it's there we have to deal with it and this is the thing with scripture you may not like a passage of scripture it just may not be comfortable to you but we have to deal with it confront it what does this mean to me Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26, It says, for, if we keep on sinning and willfully, sinning willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice of sins. Stop sinning, in other words. Stop doing those things. Verse 27, but only a terrifying expectation of judgment and a fury of fire about to devour the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the Torah of Moses died without compassion on the word of two or three witnesses. How much more severe do you think the punishment will be for those, for the one who has trampled Ben Elohim, the Son of God, underfoot, and has regarded as unholy the blood of the covenant by which he is made holy, and has insulted the Spirit of grace? These are hard words for us to read and to understand. For we know the one who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, Adonai will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So don't talk to me about cheap grace. It will require everything. But the beauty of grace is so overwhelming that it's worth it. It's worth it for us to obey what he says to do. And you know what? He's going to tell you to do impossible things. If he tells you to go and open the door over there, that's easy. I can go open the door. But if he tells you to move that mountain, oh, wow. That's a little bit more, that's what we need to really understand. He gives us everything we need for life and godliness. But don't trample over it. Don't take it for granted. This is, this is important stuff that he's talking to us. This is meat that he's talking to us about. I don't want to insult the spirit of grace. And that's what it says. Don't insult the spirit of grace. This is New Testament truth. It talks about my responsibility to steward what he has imparted into me. If You want to know why a lot of, you know, there's been so much in the church over the last decades. There's been just kind of a coming together for a holy, you know, coming together for our, our conferences and our ministries. And I love those. But it's been about us. It's been about us and us feeling better about ourselves. That God is saying, I want you to go into the nations. I want you to be my representatives on planet Earth. I want you to be my representatives in the city of Georgetown, the city of Goodman, Goodman, Goodland, Goodland, Kansas. I want you to be my representative in, um, what's the name of it, Michaels? No, where you work. Marshalls, I want you to be my representative in Marshalls. I want you to be my representative in that building with your residents there. All of us, he says, I want you to, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, God is a loving, gracious father, and he smiles on us. Absolutely. And there's so much room for us to make mistakes in him. He's a God of second, third, 52nd, 53rd, 54th chances. He is all of that. He is love. But the grace does not not negate our covenantal responsibilities. And it's time for us to step up and into the covenantal responsibilities. You see, I entered into, and this is what a lot of people misunderstand, especially in the Western church because we do not understand covenant. Covenant is you die out of something and you enter into something. It's, it, it's unto death. And it's entering into an agreement with a greater party. And in this case, it's God himself. We don't understand covenant here in the West. In the Middle East, in Africa, they understand covenant. Even today. But we don't. We break covenant all the time. But we have to understand as believers, new covenant believers, that we have entered into covenant freely. Nobody forced you to come into his family, to his kingdom. But when we come into his kingdom and we receive him and we accept him and we say, you are Lord of my life, we understand we're coming into his covenant terms, not on our terms. I agree to his terms. Like the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. God says, Come before me at Mount Sinai. I'm going to do these wonderful things. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And they all said, Yes. They entered into that covenant at that mount. So that when they broke covenant later on, which wasn't too long, probably the next day, God says, There's consequences because you entered freely into this covenant. There are consequences even today. But, and this is the good news, and I want to finish on the, on the good side, is we are freer than ever to serve by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Because we entered freely, we are now free to serve by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Incredible power that lives within us. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power... His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, everything we need through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue, the knowledge of him. Now, I don't believe it's talking about a intellectual knowledge, but a real understanding and intimacy, that kind of knowledge, like a man knows his wife, that kind of knowledge, that's the kind of relationship he has called us into. And when we're in that relationship, that relationship of intimacy, his divine power gives us everything we need to live godly in this fallen, corrupt, perverse world. Amen? Thank you. Romans 8.13, and there's so much here. Romans 8.13, for for if you live according to the flesh, okay, and all of us have the ability and we can make the choice to live according to the flesh, which is my own limitations, my own self-imposed restrictions. If you live according to the flesh, you must die. Wow. You must die to those things. And I think Everything that's happened over the last couple of years has given us an opportunity to die to those things. They are worthless. But if by the Spirit, by His Ruach, which is His empowerment... His authority and his identity that he gives us, you put to death the deeds of the, of the body, you shall live. How many of us want to live? I don't, I'm not talking about just sucking air. I'm talking about living the way he wants us to live. That's what he's talking about. When we rely upon his grace in us, his spirit in us, his empowerment, you have authority to do a whole lot more than you've been doing. And I'm speaking to myself. When those pointing fingers, I'm talking to myself too authority. He's given us authority. My identity is not in what I used to be. I put on the new self, and I continually put on the new self, and all of us need to continually put on the new self. It's a choice that I make to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not automatic. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by just sitting there, okay, God, if you want to use me, you'll use me. No, it's, it's, it's saying, and it's sometimes scary to take that step of faith because he's called you to do something. That's where stewardship, that's, that's the power of stewardship, is taking that faith into the unknown and saying, God, I'm trusting you, and you're living within me to do this. Covenant can only be covenant if we have the freedom to disobey. We have the freedom to obey, but we also have freedom to just disobey. But realize there are consequences. So to wrap things up, we are liberated. In this, I love that word. We are liberated. We've been set free. We are liberated to partner with him, and this is key, as sons and heirs. When I say sons, I'm not using it in a, in a gender sense. I'm using it as a, as a um, how is the word I want to use? inheritance as an heir son daughter okay is that we're liberated when we partner with him as a son as a son as a daughter not as as a uh, observer or somebody who's not really part of the business but as sons adopted fully adopted and i love this passage of scripture in first john chapter chapter, 1 John chapter 5 in verse 1 it says, everyone who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah is born of God. How many here believe that Yeshua is the Messiah? You're born of God. Okay, so this is addressed to us. And everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of Him. We know that we love God's children by this, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Wow. But it requires us first understanding how great and how awesome, how deep and how wide his love is for us us. When we grasp that, we're able to love one another. And then we really will understand what being a son or daughter is all about. And he makes us stewards by being sons. And we have to kind of look at historically what the firstborn son or the sons, they would receive the inheritance. We need to put ourselves in that mindset. He makes us stewards of his grace and And obedience, and it says in 1 John 5, is not a religious weight that is too much to bear. A lot of us think, if I do this, it's just too much. No, it's not. You see, a son is an heir. And he knows that everything his father has is going to be his. This is what a son does. An heir knows. Everything of the father's is his. Everything. He's given us a responsibility as a son to steward whatever that is. Sons are heirs and therefore stewards. Which means that we are blessed recipients. And that's what God is all about, his blessing. We're blessed recipients of his heart and his wealth. Now, I'm not one of these um, name-it-and-claim-it prosperity preachers. You know me. But there is so much more that he has for us. When I say wealth, I'm talking about his many blessings. So that he can bless us, but also that we will in turn be blessings. And that's the whole nature of the kingdom. Is he blesses us so that we can be blessings to others he blesses us with gifts and talents so that we can steward them to better to bless others a son is a steward and we are the blessed recipients of his heart we become partners and this is this is hard for some to believe to understand but we become partners with him to expand the family business To see, that's why we go to Kenya. That's why we go to Israel. That's why we go to the streets. That's why we go to the Jewish neighborhoods, is to expand his business. I don't want to use the term business in the sense of making money or anything like that. But it's about expanding his kingdom to his children, wherever they may be. That's what it's all about, to bless the whole world. And that we love him so much that we give ourselves sacrificially. And it is sacrificial to be a steward of something that God has given you. It will cost. It will cost us. But we have an example, a perfect example in Yeshua himself. He is our perfect example. In John 4, 34, it says, Yeshua told them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to accomplish his work. Stand with me. Your food is to do the will of the Father, to accomplish what He's called us, what He's called you to do. You see, I I shared this a few weeks ago. The greatest weapon that we have to defeat death and the lies of the devil is this I have an unfinished assignment. That's what the Lord showed me about going back out, praying at the Capitol. So I gave you this assignment. It's an unfinished assignment. Whatever God's put on your heart, there's so much there. There's so much there. But our our food is to do the will of him who called us to accomplish. And we will accomplish what he's called us to do. Amen.